make mistakes. That's how you do right by me because you will never achieve the fullest potential that you have unless you fall flat on your face. Here we go. We're going to dive right into this. So you are Issa Peterson. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to tell me, I mean, this is the first remote podcast that I've ever done, but this is kind of cool because you've got something going on for school. You're in school right now. And what are you going for? What's your major? Business management, or it's my degree is technically technical entrepreneur and business management. Uh, it just sounds fancy. That's interesting. I know where it's really cool because you asked me to do the interview. What's the paper we're doing this for? You, you have to write a paper, right? What's the, the whole goal of the paper? Yeah, so we basically had to find and choose like an entrepreneur or an influencer that's like changed the world. Um, and we have to decide whether they are born a leader or if they were made a leader. That's an interesting concept right there. That's a, yeah, you know, I, my squirrel and my, uh, my squirrel brain and the circuits that goes on in, inside my head, I could not remember what the paper was about. Even though you, you, you texted me and asked me, you sent me an email and everything, I couldn't remember. And I don't know, whatever. So this is going to be good. This is going to be really good. The interesting thing is that this is a, you said your degree is in, business management, but as an entrepreneur or something like that, right? So you're learning how to be an entrepreneur in school, which is also mind blowing to me that this is like a major from professors who have never owned a business in their life are teaching you how to start and run a business when they've never done it themselves. Yeah, it's actually quite interesting because a lot of the people in my class, um, they're actually already entrepreneurs, like already starting up their businesses and stuff. And half of them seem like they don't even care about school because they're like, what's the point of going to school if you like you don't really need a degree if you're going to be your own owner like your own oh that's business. interesting okay so there's people in there that are already entrepreneurs they've already started something right yeah is what you're saying and how i know that you're supposed to interview me and I'll, we'll get there i promise <laughs> they're already entrepreneurs but they're going to school right now for business management that actually intrigues me because that to me kind of makes sense because i think that school has some good purposes to it you know, especially if your professor ha actually has some chops, if that dude or that girl has done something in their life where they've applied what they're actually teaching right now and they're teaching what they've done rather than or what they're doing rather than what they've read in a book somewhere. And I could see that because you can learn from history, which is cool, and what other people have done, their failures and mistakes. That's awesome. But when it comes to learning from somebody who has never done these things before, that's where I kind of fall off the boat and don't care anymore. Probably like what you said with these people in their in your class, like, why are we even here? You know, there, there's got to be a reason, but I'd be curious as to what their motivation is. But anyways, let's get to your interview because I want to make sure we take care of your paper. So this is yeah. whether you're born leader or you're made a leader, right? Yeah, 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 that's cool. You can fire away. I'm pretty pumped about this because it, this this will get me excited. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to even do this with me. Yeah, right on. I've always had. Uh, how old are you? Uh, I'm 23. 23. Cool. I've always had a a passion for the the college age students because it's yeah because when you turn 18, right? Not only do you have like all this freedom in the world because you've never. You've been under rules your whole life for the most part, right? Because you're a minor, there's legal things that happen because you you have curfews. You know, even when you're 16, I, th I don't think you can work past midnight, at least in the state of Illinois where we're from. You know, it's ridiculous. And then once you turn 18, you can pretty much do anything you want. 
all like overnight. So you graduate from high school and oh, by the way, you're supposed to figure out what you're supposed to do for the rest of your life too. By the time you get to that point. So it's like this, this mind blow moment all of a sudden when you graduate high school. And that's why I'm like, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. And this, this pressure we're putting on everybody because it takes years. I mean, I'm talking like a decade to figure out exactly where you're going. And that's kind of like in your 20s. You're figuring out really what you're doing. You're trying things out. When you're getting 30s, you can take some risks because you've made money at that point and you have, have some kind of capital to be able to dump into things and try different things. By the time when you get to 40, which is where I'm at right now, and this is how I've seen it in my life, is by the time I got here, I was trying out a bunch of things in my 30s, but now it's like all of those things are coming together because they've all become a part of me. You know, uh, CEO, tech, pastor, everything, musician, you know, speaker, presenter, all of that has now come into one with what I do every single day. But it's only because I've tried 800 different things over the past 15 years that it's formed who I am now. But when you just get out of high school, it's like, oh, I'm supposed to pick one thing right now. And it's know, not even before you get out of high school. It's a, You have to apply to college and pick a major before you even get out of high school. And it's the craziest thing in the world. You know, that's why so many people, it's like, it's a stupid number, right? I know I'm talking a lot here, but it's a stupid number. It's like in the 20 percentile, you know, 26, 27 percent or something like that is the stat where people that go into college are actually doing what their major is, what their degree is about when they get out of college. That's like one in five or one in four. It's ridiculous that they're not even, those are the only ones that are doing what they actually went to school for. So four out of five don't even do anything that had to do with their degree. It's because you you can't put that pressure on such a young kid that doesn't, they don't even have that much experience. Like, how do you know what to do in high school, you know? That's different than learning because I think you can put a lot of pressure on kids to consume and, and pick up a lot of knowledge and information. But to be able to decide and decipher what all that is, it's like you're still going. I mean, I'm still learning every day, but you're still going for the next 10 years, sucking in all this information. And that's what helps you form really where you want to go. You can start things now. That's cool. You might do what you do right now for like another 10 years. That's cool. While you're trying out a bunch of different things. That's all good. But where you go, it's like this culmination of everything that you are in life and your experiences, not just your knowledge form who you are. Yeah, no, I like that's that's good. That's really good. All right, your questions. I'm sorry. Thanks for letting me ramble. No, it's. I mean, like, I appreciate that. That's you have so much like wise. This is why I chose you because you you're so wise. You have so much to say. Well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um. So I don't. Did you read any of the questions that I sent you by any chance? I didn't see them. Okay, that's fine. Um. I'm sorry. Like, I I just had a new assistant go through all my email, and I think it kind of got deleted. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, no, this is good though. I'm good on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, it's good. Um, I guess one thing is, what made you decide to become an entrepreneur? That's a great question. I've always had this thing inside of me. Even when I was, I can say all the way back to when I was maybe 2021. 20, not the year 2021. That's next year. This isn't time travel. But squirrel. When I was 20 to 21 years old, I was working for. Cook County, the the planning and, and urban development department as a project manager. And during that moment, I'm like, you know what? This is great, but this isn't really fulfilling. It was pretty, it was pretty fantastic. I'm like, I want to start a web hosting gig. 
you know, because tech was always like a thing of mine, right? I want to start a web hosting gig and just try that. But the market, even by that point in time, by 2021, because in 99 and 2000, that's where the dot-com crash happened. You know, so everything kind of came crashing. And the market was pretty much saturated. I'm like, I just want something. But here's, here's an interesting tidbit, right? I grew up like dirt poor. And it wasn't that there wasn't money to do things. My parents were really good at managing the little that they had. And I didn't, I never had an allowance or anything like that. My kids don't necessarily have an allowance, but they have, they get paid for stuff that they do around the house. They get paid to help me work with things around the office. So they, they earn what they have versus an allowance. I never had an allowance, but that was because my parents, I remember my dad saying this, like, well, do you want an allowance or do you want to just have money to do things like whenever you want to? Because if we gave you an allowance, you couldn't just on the fly go to Six Flags with your friends. Or if something else came up, you know, we would find a way to make it happen so that you could go. Even though we don't have a lot of money, but we will always find a way for you to do things that you want to do. And that was something cool and really stuck with me. But not just the fact that my parents were good at managing the money, but also that they always made something work. At least my dad did, right? My dad was really good at this. He, he just made something work. And he was an independent salesperson for an insurance agency, which is probably where I get a lot of my stuff from. He was also a, a music director in the church, was never ordained as a pastor. But I do a lot of things that he did. And I, I always think, where does all this stuff come from? Because my dad was not very book smart at all. I mean, it took the dude like four times to pass geometry or algebra or something like that. I remember that story too, until someone was able to teach him. Finally, he got it. I've got the the book smarts in addition to the common sense that my dad had. The book smarts come from my mom, but the common sense, it's totally my dad. I know it is. And the dude was a really good salesperson too. It's just how he was. But he always found a way to make something work with the minimum amount that he had, the, the tiniest amount. And that's why he said, you know what, would you rather have money to do something whenever you wanted to and we'll just make it happen rather than an allowance? So I took that. This is a long way to answer your question, but that always came up. It's like, well, yeah, I get that. And I can always figure out a way to make something happen right now. If everything came crashing down around me, businesses fail, I'm dead broke, whatever it is, I know that I can recover really, really quickly because of the experiences and the knowledge that I have now. And I will just find some other way to make something work. I'm not concerned about that. Yeah, it'll be stressful. It'll suck. But I will find some way to make it work. That's because I saw my dad doing that all the time with, with dollars. And when I got into my, my early 20s, I was like, you know, that was cool how he did that. But I don't ever want to have to be in that position all the time to where I'm trying to make something work. So if I do something, that's great. I'm working a job. But I want to have something that will allow me to have recurring, dependable income. And a job is not recurring dependable income because you're putting the control in somebody else's hands. Your employer, your, your boss, whoever it is, your boss could screw up, make a bad decision, now you're going to be laid off. Or situations with the company change or even the industry changes, you know, like in the real estate industry, you know, all these real estate brokerages that were out there that employed hundreds of people and all of a sudden the real estate market crashes and now all those people are laid off because there's no work for them anymore. You're giving up control 
and putting that in somebody else's hands for your quote-unquote dependable income, that paycheck that you have. A paycheck is not dependable income. I don't care what anybody ever says, it is not dependable income. A job, to me, yeah, it might have some sort of illusion of stability and some element of stability, but there's still external factors that are completely outside of your control. Now, when I started something, I'm like, I want something with recurring revenue that is completely within my control. Meaning, if I succeed, awesome, I got the recurring revenue. Or even if I fail, not if somebody else fails, my boss, my employer, whatever it is, but if I fail, I can still do something else because that's still 100% within my control. It's all on me. It's good. So how do you, like, get over your failures? Because, like, obviously as an entrepreneur, you had to fail so many times, but, like, what do you do? Oh, Lord, yeah. There was a lot this past year, too, I mean, with some things in that how do you get over them is not dwelling. And it's, it's not, it's important. I just had a conversation with one of the people that worked for me this morning about this is about the freedom to make mistakes. And he's awesome. You know, he just started a couple weeks ago and he's really cool. And he's actually known me outside of work for a long time too, which is awesome because he doesn't have to get to know me personally, which is good when he's working with me. But I was telling him like, I want to give you the freedom to fail the freedom to make a mistake. Because yesterday there was something came, that came up and it took him about two hours extra in an amount of time to do something because he was just trying to think of the best possible way. And this is like a perfection versus progress thing, which was a good teachable moment too. But also he's like, I just want to do right by you, man. And I'm like, I get that. I totally, totally get that. So here's how you do right by me. Screw up, make mistakes. That's how you do right by me because you will never achieve the fullest potential that you have unless you fall flat on your face. You'll never reach the the heights of growth that are 100% available to you unless you screw up and learn how to pick yourself back up. So even though that happens, I said there's really kind of two outcomes when you when you screw up, when you make a mistake is the first you'll laugh at yourself, which I do this a lot. I, you know, I, if I mess up, I'm like, man, that was pretty stupid, Rick. You know, and then I just laugh at myself and then I get over. Some stuff's pretty funny when you do it, when you mess up. Other stuff, you get really pissed because it might be a little bit more serious. And you're like, man, that really stuck. Dude, you were an idiot this time around when you did this. But either one of those, it's like, okay, whether it was funny or whether it just sucked and I got pissed at myself, that was today. Tomorrow's another day. And I just learned something out of two of those experiences, whether it was funny or whether it sucked, and I can move forward and know what to do or what not to do the next time. So the key to to not staying where you're at and getting stuck or getting over your your mistakes is to not dwell on them. And this goes true too with wins. You shouldn't even dwell on your wins. Because what happened yesterday, yeah, you can use that knowledge just like you can a failure going forward. However, if you're dwelling on the wins, you're going to live in that moment in time forever and you're never going to keep moving forward. So it's not just getting over failures or mistakes. It's also getting over wins. It's, it's a crazy concept that people are like, you know, like I lost weight. I lost 80 pounds six years ago, seven years ago. I hate talking about that now. Because to me, it's like old news. To everybody else around me who it's new to, I will still tell the story depending on the audience that I'm in because it's still a great story. But I hate telling it because to me, it's old news. And it's like I'm trying to, I don't want to keep writing on the success of my past. I want to keep creating new success in the future, which can come both from wins and from failures. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah, good uh, question too. <laughs> um, okay, so... 
Do you feel like you're living like your dream job as an entrepreneur? Am I living my dream job? I <laughs> that that that's interesting. What's that? Like, is is what you're doing? Like, is this what your dream job? I don't know if that's is that. I would say I would say yeah. That's a, that's an interesting question. A year and a half ago, I would have a completely different answer. Because I had been doing the same thing for a while and I came out of being really, really sick and being less than a day away from death and just not being on this earth anymore. And now I am doing what I'm doing because I'm creating something new all the time. If I don't feel like I'm in the process of of starting something fresh, then I get super bored with it. And I, I just I completely lose interest. So my dream job is really me being involved in anything where I'm just creating something from scratch or taking something and moving it to the next. And that could be like an evolution, you know, almost like a, a butterfly coming out of a cocoon. You know, it's still the same person. It's still like the same thing, but you're going to look completely different when you're done with the process. So I really feel that as an entrepreneur, in order to stay interested in things, because you get a lot of a lot of crazy ideas. I mean, squirrels and just, like I said, the circus that's in my head and all these things that distract me. But when you have something that's been existing for a long time and it could be very, very successful, you've got to change that up. And it's not just even for your own sake because you're starting to get bored with it. But because you get bored with certain things, now you put less effort into them and they will start to decline. So every once in a while, you have to just shake things up, whether that's firing staff, completely wiping things out, because there's a key concept I live by is that what and who got you to the place you're in right now will not be the same what and who will get you to the next milestone. That's why you have to shake things up, whether it's the environment, whether it's your customers, your prospects, your employees, whoever it is, you know, that's great. And I do right by my people. I mean, my people are what drive me every day because I love influencing and impacting the lives in a great way. However, you have to be able to shake things up to keep yourself interested because it'll just get boring. And if you're doing the same thing for 20 years and you're just kind of making it by, you're just a business owner. You're not an entrepreneur. You're not constantly trying to reinvent what's going on and staying up in the times and with the changes and flows of the markets in order to keep driving your business forward. Because if you're just staying stagnant, if you're right there, you will eventually start to decline. You can ride that wave for a little while, but what happens when a wave approaches the shore, right? It continuously kind of gets smaller. Waves are not perpetual. Just like the, the changes in the marketplace are not perpetual. They don't stay the same. Everything changes around you. And in order to stay ahead of those curves and to keep yourself interested so you're not bored in order to, so that things d- decline, you have to switch things up. And I mean like hard shakes. Just punch yourself in the face. You know, fire customers, you know, whatever it is. Go through your customer list and find the bottom of stack and say, these are the ones I don't want to serve anymore because they don't get it. That's okay too. You know, who cares if there's that money coming in? Because it's like shedding that, this is almost like a biblical principle, you know, is trimming the weeds and getting all the dead vines off of those branches so that way new ones that are stronger and bigger can grow. Oh, that's good. That's really good. See, this is why I chose you. You have so much like- thank you. You have so much input. Um, Okay, so I'm not sure if I'm supposed to ask this question, but I'm just going to ask you anyways. Do it. It's It's a question for school. Do you feel like you were born a, uh, a leader or do you feel like you were born or made as a leader? I think it's both. And it's, uh, I can go back to, to history in my own life. I remember when I was in second grade, it was in Sunday school, right? In church. 
and I'm looking around and I'm seeing the, the teacher teaching whatever. And I'm looking, I'm like, well, I want to do that. I think I got stuff to say. You know, this is when I was seven years old and, I, and I'm looking at this, you know, and I'm just kind of observing. I see this a lot in my youngest son now too. And it's like, well, I've got stuff to say. So I'm like, can I do this? I'm like, yeah, sure. Three weeks from now, they put me on the spot. And I remember teaching about Noah's Ark. And it was, this is key for anybody who, who feels like they have something to say to other people too, is that just talk about what you know and talk about what interests you because there's going to be other people that are interested in the same thing, but they'll be interested in what you're interested in just because it sparks some passion in you too. And I remember talking about the cubits and the length and the width of the arc. This is when I was just seven years old and all these things that were just interesting to me about the story that I felt that almost everybody else overlooked. It's like, yeah, that's great. You know, God came down and, you know, he caused this major flood and there's the whole literal moral of the story with that. But what about the details? Because a lot of good information can be found within the depths of the details of any kind of story. So even when you're telling a story, whether it's in class or whether you're up on a stage, whatever it is, the details are really what makes the story. There's powerful ways, there's techniques and ways to tell those better, yes, but don't negate the details. As long as it's important information and it, it makes something of it, don't ever negate the details. That's what I did when I was seven years old, well, it was talking about these details in the story. So in that aspect, yeah, I was born that way. Because yeah, it was just something that, that, that was in me. But I think that's just one attribute of being a leader is being able to say, hey, I have something to say. I think everybody on this planet has something to say. So are you born a leader? Yeah, I think that everybody could possibly be born a leader. But there's only certain individuals that will actually tap into that and take the initiative to do that. I was grateful because I had the right environment around me to be able to do that, even when I was seven years old. So when you say, are you made a leader, that story in itself is kind of both sides. But then there's things like my dad dying when I was 16 to where I was thrust into this leadership role where I had to raise my brother and sister for a few years because my mom was just, I mean, I love her to pieces and she, I saw somebody who was really close to me, my mother lose like the love of her life. And I know that that was really, really tough for her. And I don't understand even what that feels like. I hope I never do. And I'm sure I, I might at some point, you know, when I'm old and gray, whatever it is, but I hope it's not premature because I don't, I don't want to ever go through what she does. But, but I had to raise my brother and sister, get them up, get them, get them dressed, get them fed, drive them to school when I was just 16 years old. Then I would, after school, they'd have a, a pickup. You know, I think it was my mom that picked them up. That was fine. But then I'd go right to work and I'd work till 11, 12 o'clock at night. And I was always striving for that role that was above where I was at. Because I just will not accept anything as just because that's the way it is, even with my dad dying. So in that, I feel that I was very much formed or at least molded the, these extra pieces that were around me, smooshed into the leader that I am today. So a lot of it, I feel that everybody is born and has this potential inside of them. It's just there's not many people that do something with that. And that could be because there's nobody around them to create the right environment. That's why I do a podcast. That's why I speak. That's why I do all this other stuff. Because I want as many people possible to have the same opportunity as an environment. And just that one shining moment to be able to pull themselves up and realize that their head can be above water and see that there's a whole new world up there. Yeah, that's good. Wow, you, you have so much stuff to say, dude. It's... I feel like I don't have time. That's why I crush it, try to crush it every day. And you know, I get up in the morning, it's like, awesome, what can I do today? Because there's so much. There's so many people to impact. And I don't feel like I ever can do enough. 
You know, as long as that's the case, you're just going to keep going forward and going forward when you feel like you never can do enough. So do you know, do you ever feel like you're, if you feel like you, you're never like enough, do you, ever, are you ever content? Like with your, like with yourself and your business? <laughs> that's a, that's a little bit of a problem with me. Um, <laughs> it is an issue. It's a serious issue actually, because I don't stop and celebrate the wins like I should. I just started doing that last year when I when I achieved something. But remember what I was saying about not dwelling on the losses and also not dwelling on the wins? Well, my not dwelling on the win used to be a second and a half and then I'm on to the next thing. Yeah, it's just awesome. That was cool. Hey, there's 80,000 more things to do over here. Let's keep going. Yeah, now I'm learning very much. And this is even where I'm at in my life and my career right now. I'm still learning to be able to slow down in those moments and appreciate them. Because if you don't hang there for just a moment, whether it's a win or a loss, and you just keep moving on to the next thing, I've learned this, if you don't just hang there for a moment, you're not going to be able to get as much out of that moment and that experience as you could versus just sitting in there for a second and automatically very quickly moving on to the next thing. And I'm, a, I'm not saying like it should be a specific amount of time. If I had to peg an amount of time, it would be more like 24 hours. That's cool. You accomplish something huge, go out tonight. Have For me, it would be an amazing glass of scotch you know, to, to celebrate something, whatever it is. And, but whatever it is to you, whatever it is to anybody else, do that for 24 hours and celebrate your win and analyze your win as much as you would your loss so that you can hang in that moment and learn as much as you can from it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. What else you got? I feel like I have a hundred questions. I feel like I have a personal <laughs> question though. I mean, I feel like this can relate to really any college student out there that's listening. Yeah. But I feel like for me personally, like I, I'm kind of like you, I have, so, I'm so interested in everything where it's like, I've changed my major from like, uh, like I wanted to do accounting. I didn't want to do accounting. I went to marketing. I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to go in, to be a police officer. Uh, what, what did I want to do? That was uh, me too. I was a police cadet when I was 16, 16 to 18. So what, okay. So I guess this is a question. Yeah. Uh, you said you didn't go to college, right? For two weeks, I did. If I'm completely honest, it was two weeks that I went to college. And why? This, why, didn't, why didn't you finish college? Why did I finish it? I sat in there for two. It, it was more of an application thing for me, and I was sitting there. I remember in this class, and it was like to me, it was like reliving high school, because the information was just repetitive and it was the same stuff. And I'm like, what? I already know this. You know, I learned this like four years ago when I started high school. Why are we going through this stuff again? Why don't you teach me how to apply this stuff? I'm sick of learning all the knowledge you know, and just soaking all that up. I need to know how to use it. And for me, the only way to actually use the knowledge that I had already and gain knowledge at a faster pace, that's huge too, is the speed at which you can consume and learn new things, I think has slowed way down in college. Because it, and not all industries, you know, but but some and well, a lot of industries, not all, but a lot. The pace of learning has slowed way down, and I I don't know why that is. I don't get it. Maybe it's a financial thing. Most things revolve around money, and it could be that way to say you have to go four years to learn all this stuff. Well, then why are there programs that people learn the same amount of information in eighteen months? Super duper accelerated programs. 
You know, maybe that should be the standard because our brains can process things that fast. I, I don't know why it has to take four years. So when I'm going through the, I'm like, this is just like high school all over again to where things are just dragged out forever. Why am I going to sit here when I can be out there actually learning at a faster pace and applying what I already know? Yeah. No, that's, yeah. I feel like I struggle with that though a lot because like I'm a doer, I'm a hands-on person. So for me to yeah. like, sit in front of a computer and, you know, learn and I just like, no, don't teach me how to do it. But like, and it's like, don't teach me just the knowledge, but I want to be like, take that knowledge and apply it to like my everyday life. So that, yeah, like, right on. that way you, it, it's real. Like that knowledge becomes real to me if I could actually do it. Application is huge. And that's what I think college misses out on. You know, even with, with a professional, like a doctor, right? You have to go to college for that. I'm not saying, you know, like when I said certain industries have to, that's one of them. A doctor absolutely has to, because there's so much about the human body and anatomy that you have to learn and consume before you touch somebody, right? Before you cut into somebody, if you're a surgeon, whatever it is, you have to make sure that you're in the right spot. It's necessary. So you're not screwing things up. However, I think the application, you know, because they wait for the residency on a doctor or, you know, for whatever it is, whatever path they go to until they even finish pre-med, you know, until they finish their first four years, they, they don't even get into the application of those things. I think the application can start a lot sooner in some way. And I don't know how, but I just feel that the application needs to happen really from day one. You know, that's why it was, some of the classes that I really loved were science classes because you would learn things and then you'd have labs immediately. You'd have the application right away for those things, you know, versus English. And what is application? Writing a paper? That's the stupidest thing in the world, you know? What about maybe going to a, a different country or going to like a, like a subsection, you know, to where there's even different dialects or even over to a different freaking state in the United States because there's certain states that call, you know, soft drinks, call it soda or call it pop. There's different even regional dialects we have in the freaking U.S. of A., so true. Yeah, so why not have that kind of application even in an, in an English class? You know, whatever. You can get me excited about this stuff. <laughs> um, no, that was that's, that's funny. That's true. I uh, um, it's like the experiences too that go with learning. It's like they, they have worked, to be that way. Yeah. Like I worked downtown for when, while I was going to school, so it was like when I was learning in class. And then going to work, it was like, it was, I was content. I don't know if content is a word, but it's like, it made sense. Like I did so well in school because what you taught me, now I could do it. You were immediately applying it. Yes. Not just trying to cram your head full of knowledge. That's an issue that I talk about all the time too, about all these coaches that are out there and all the courses that they have. You know, that's great. There's some really, really good programs that exist. However, if there's not application for that immediately, there's a lot of people that get stuck sort of in that college mode. And it's not necessarily their fault, but even if they're not going to college and they're buying online courses, they will get stuck in this overconsumption mode and keep going to event after event, buying another program after another program and keep watching videos, watching videos, doing Zoom calls, all of this stuff and never actually use what they're learning. Versus the flip side, there was a time last year I had two conferences back to back. I canceled the second conference I was going to because my head was full of so much stuff. I'm like, I got to use this right now. I've got to start. If I go to another conference, that's like three days that will be a delay in me applying what I just learned and getting a jump start on what it is. Right. It's like the action. It's like if you don't do anything with what you learn, then what's the point of learning it? Yeah, you got it. Cool, cool. Um, all right, so... 
I have like two more questions. No, go for it. Yeah. I mean, there's a segment on the show called The One Thing Too, which I'll ask you for the one thing outside of this because I love my guests to be able to give one thing. So that's coming up. I'm just warning you here. But I think, as always, there's like 27 different one things that anybody can extract out of this so far from both of us, from me and you. All right. Two more questions. Let's do it. We'll wrap this sucker up. All right. Um, Who is your biggest influencer? My biggest influencer? Wow. This is going to sound really, really conceited. Okay. <laughs> I have a lot of people in my life that I've been able to learn from, which is awesome. And my dad, I always go back to, I've told stories about him, you know, but I feel that your biggest influencer should really be yourself. And that's even with all the competition that exists around, right? And this is something that I really appreciate about my oldest son in competitive swimming and the, the club that he's in because they've produced Olympians out of this club. And that's one of his goals is he wants to be an Olympic athlete. He wants to be an Olympic swimmer. Loves Michael Phelps, everything that he's done. You know, and the kid's just crushing it. It's his third year and he made conference this year. He's got the best on his entire team in his age group for 50-yard uh, free and 50-yard back. It's amazing. It, it took him three years to get there. One thing they teach, and this is what I'm getting at, that your biggest influence influencer should be yourself is that there's a lot of other people around you that you can use to kind of gauge where you're at on things at least as far as how your industry is but the real competition should always be with your own person with your own self because even when you're the best this is something that Michael Jordan always did it's like even though you're the best if he scored 50 points a game it'd be like well next game I think I could do 54 because my percentage of shots, I may have taken more shots this game, which is how I got up to 54% or 54 points. But if I increase my accuracy, even though that was the best game that anybody ever played, if that was the case, I know that I can still do better because I'm competing with myself. Yourself, you, your own person should be the biggest influencer in your life. You can learn from anybody. But th there is like the top five, right? And say, man, this person really changed my life. This person impacted me here. This person, if they weren't around, I never would have been able to do this. All true. All 100% true. But at the end of the day, it's you looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, did you really give everything that you had? You may have outperformed everybody in the world today, but could you have done better? Who cares what everybody else did? Could you have done better than what you did today on your own? Oh, that's, that's a good one. That's good. I never thought about it that way. Always try to outshine yourself. Is that, that's why you're never content. Oh, I know. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm always moving on to the next thing, because even though I crush it on something, it's that, that second and a half I was talking about. You know, that's cool, but I know I could have done better here. But again, I'm learning to to hang for a moment, not dwell, but hang for a moment to realize, awesome, this really was cool. And it's not even just for yourself in that too, especially when you're running a team. This, this is huge because if you don't allow everybody else around you to be able to celebrate what they've just done, it just keeps everybody more fragmented. And that's one thing I've realized that I've done in the past too, is because I wouldn't hang there for a moment and celebrate with the people around me, it would cause division and separation in my team. And now that I hang there, it just allows that team to become even closer because you achieve something together. And now you're going to just hang in that moment together, too, to learn how to make your next moves. That's good. That's good. Cool. You got one more? Yeah. Mm. What, <clears throat> all right. What would you tell yourself, your 23-year-old self, 
from like where you are today, what would you tell your 23 year old self? Oh, geez, that's a great question. I, I've, I think I've been asked this before and I waited way too long to, to do my own thing. Yeah. And about five years too long. And it's not that I haven't achieved a lot, but there's always this thing in the back of my head. It's like, you know, if I started five years earlier when I had an opportunity to, then I would have, I would be five years ahead of where I am right now. But that's something, it's not dwelling on that, but it's just learning something from it because now I never wait. Now I just say yes to everything. As long as there's like no moral or no ethical gut check, I will just say yes because I don't know what's going to come out of it. You, you never can see the future completely, but if you're just throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall, kind of strategically, but you'll see what sticks. You'll see what's fun, see what you like, see what you don't like. Just go out and do whatever it is that's in your head. That's what I would tell my 23-year-old self is just go out and do whatever's in your head. Because who cares if you screw up? You're going to learn from that. Who cares if you crush it? It's going to be awesome. Then hang in that moment for a minute. And now you keep building this foundation layer by layer just by doing things, by having that application, by, by sucking in those experiences. And now you'll be that much further ahead later in your life. You know, it's, that, it's a stupid phrase. You know, it's old, but it applies. You know, the, the, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. So this is, I guess, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. Um, I guess this is my last question is, how do you just start? Like, it, I, I listened to your podcast about the fears. Uh, yeah, I think that yeah. was the one that came out on Tuesday. Um, but like, how, how do you get over those fears to just, just start a business? and like Stop listening to people around you, for real. That's a, that's a big one. There's a move that I'm making right now, and it, I'm not going to talk. I can't talk about it publicly yet. There's a move that I'm making right now, and I keep going after it because the, the opportunity's there, and it's like 99 people have told me that that's the wrong move. And it took, but I kept, I keep moving forward in that. It was about a week and a half ago when there was one dude, one dude that I had lunch with that was like, "You're stupid if you don't, man," and he just poured into me. A guy who is taking, he's he's on the board of a billion dollar company, just rang the bell at NASDAQ for the second time in his life. And he's pouring into me and saying, this is the only way to accomplish what you've done because I've done it. This is how I got to where I'm at. And I'm, I start listening to everybody else around me. You know, this is like losing negative people. I just had a post in social media about this. I think yesterday I put in my story is lose negative people. People are going to tell you, no, that's not the right way. That's not the right way. They're not taking into account who's trying to do it. Be the freaking wild card and just go after these things. Just That's how you just start is, is to stop listening to the, the negativity around you and the people that are going to say that this is not the right thing for you to do. Everybody will always question you when you're like a brand new airplane, right? And you're sitting on the tarmac. You're sitting on that runway. Like, I don't know. It's a new design. I don't think that thing's going to fly. I don't think that thing's going to fly. You should get out of that plane right now, you know, because you don't know as the pilot. You have no idea what work and effort went into those engines, to the hull, to everything else. You have no idea if that thing's going to fall apart before you even take off or 10 seconds after you take off. Everybody questions you before you take off. Nobody questions you when you're in the air at 30,000 feet. So good. It's so good. Just freaking start. Just take off. 
Stop listening to the negativity around you and look for that one thing. You know, a business owner or or a, the general public, the employee, you know, which I wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't have good people around me. That's not what I'm saying here. But the ones that don't actually go after their full potential are the ones that will listen to all 99 of those other people that will say, well, I don't know about this dude. I don't know about this girl. You know, you might not want to go down this route. It's good to take advice from a multitude, but the difference between an entrepreneur and like the rest of everybody else is everybody else tries to find a hundred reasons not to do something where the entrepreneur looks for that one single reason. It's like, whoa, this could actually work. That's all you got to look for is that one single reason to do it. And then that, that'll give you everything you need to start. I was so grateful for this dude a week and a half ago at lunch. Dude, that was so good. Thanks. That, that was all the questions I got. I, uh, the rest of it, I, I just had to do. Like cool. So I'm going to ask you, what's the one thing you've gotten out of today that you can leave with everybody else that's listening? It's a good episode. <laughs> this was a good one. Uh, Listen to your podcast. <laughs> Listen to my <laughs> subscribe and rate everybody five stars. That would be amazing. No, sh- no, share it, right? Share it because there's a lot of there's a lot of other good podcasts out there too. But when you have something like this, you know anybody else you listen to this one or anybody else, share it with everybody that's out there because there's so many that need to hear the, the, this kind of stuff and be encouraged and uplifted. That's cool. So really, what's the one thing? <laughs> you're already doing that. You're already listening. That's how we came to this moment right here is you're already listening. I, I feel like there's so much that I could say, but uh, I don't know. I think just like this could go to like anything in life is really just taking what you learn and just like applying it. Cause like I could, I could listen to everything that you say and I could listen to all the podcasts that you, that you have, but it won't mean that much if I'm not actually going out and doing it or trying something and, and trying that one thing that uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say like no you're right on you're talking about the application yeah um, and like even though like people will tell you like you know 99 people will tell you not to do it but like just you know putting your mind towards it and uh, I guess moving forward with it find that one reason to do it yeah one reason I love it. Awesome. Thanks for being on. No, thanks for taking the time to do this. This was, I, I feel like I learned so much. Like, I feel so encouraged and I don't know. I like, I want to go do something. Then it's a successful day. You want to go do something. Exactly. Find the one thing to do right on. Just do something. That's how you start. Just do something. Awesome. I don't want to write this paper, but. You don't want to write the paper? (laughs) That's great. (laughs) The paper's kind of annoying to me right now, but you know what? All this other stuff that's really cool in life and actually impacting people and changing the world, yeah, it's cool. I don't know if a paper will change the world, but yeah. Yeah. That is literally me. That's Yep. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Rock on. Thanks, Issa. No, I appreciate it. You are such a rock star. Thanks for being so awesome and inspiring. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out every Monday. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening.
I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message. I know I got a big mic in front of my face, but it is what it is. There we go. 